You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Taking a look at a Dave Brewer seven-round mock draft right now. Three Ohio State players <laughs> taken by the Jags in this mock draft. Mock draft season uh, continues. In full effect. In full effect. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about it than uh, the likelihood. An interesting play at 25 as well, something I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like that. I like when we get a little bit of variation. Sure. And somehow we still end up with a few players that probably have already bought houses here based on mock drafts, sure. like three of them, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, even yeah. though 25 appears to be a little bit different. So uh, the one guy that can buy a house here if he wants right now uh, is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he doesn't have to wait until April 29th, 15 days away. Uh, from the NFL draft. Interesting article, good article out on uh, Sports Illustrated. I don't know if you got the chance to read that. I did. And uh, it's it, I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Really good article about uh, just kind of carving out uh, who, who Trevor Lawrence is. And, I mean, so much of that stuff I think we've talked about because we, we get a little glimpse of Trevor Lawrence through his hometown and uh, through Dabo Swinney and through Clemson and all these places that we stopped over the last few months and talked about it. But I think it was highlighted once again today. This guy is just more about than just football, loves football, uh, but he's more than just football. And everywhere you go, that's what people say. I mean, I, I said it to Dabo Swinney in an interview that we did, and we'll, we'll play that for you in the next uh, few days. But – and I, I said, I can't believe everywhere I go, when I, you want to ask about football, what makes him so great, and what, why is he the number one pick, and why does Mel Kuyper say he's the fourth highest rated quarterback to come out since he was doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody else wants to talk about everything else about Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> you know, not the football guy. Yeah. And that has been a common theme wherever, and I think it was encapsulated pretty well in that Sports Illustrated article. This guy's deeper than football. You know, uh, yeah. and you've played with plenty of, of people like that. I think you yourself would be uh, one of those guys deeper than football. Yeah. But in, in your sport, and actually in athletics, uh, sports can define you, mm-hmm. really, you know, at least to the public and, and to everybody else. Um, and for a time, even to yourself, maybe even the people around you, it consumes you. Certainly doesn't appear to be the case with Trevor Lawrence. I love that article from the fact that, you know, and, and everyone, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are picturing Trevor Lawrence as the savior of Jacksonville, that he's going to come in, turn everything around, uh, you know, take the Jaguars to the playoff run, maybe a Super Bowl and all this stuff. And Trevor Lawrence doesn't have that mindset. He doesn't have that chip on his shoulder where it's like, all right, I got to go do this. I gotta do. All Trevor Lawrence has to do is just go out there and have fun and keep doing what he's doing. And it's it's really refreshing to hear because essentially – Trevor Lawrence, like in this article, he's speaking like he's finally figured out at age 21. Like his maturity is beyond his years. Like I didn't figure it out until I was out of the NFL, until I pursued MMA professionally, where it's like you don't owe anybody anything. You don't need to worry about what everybody else is doing and then the outside in terms of the media and all that stuff. All you got to do, man, is just do what you do. 
and, and Trevor Lawrence seems to have that um, under grabs, which is insane because he's the high, you know the highest touted quarterback coming out of college maybe since Andrew Luck, um, and he's gonna be the, the like the number one overall pick. It's not to say that he doesn't care about the game of football because he cares about the game of football. But he doesn't have that ego where it's like, I got to do this for somebody. I got to do this. No, I'm just going to do this for myself. Yeah, there's very few guys that I've covered over the years that, that you could really pull that from them. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it coming in. I was like, all right. I, when people talk about Trevor Lawrence and people ask me about Trevor Lawrence, and uh, I almost hesitate to say this on the airwaves uh, sometimes here in Jacksonville, but I can't – I use this um, – and I don't know this for sure because I don't know Trevor Lawrence well enough. But just from what I've gathered and uh, what I know of this other uh, person, I, I feel like from a the way you cover him, um, the the way the layers you have to kind of get through to get to him, like so far, like we haven't been able to talk to him. But he's not talking to many people. Mm-hmm. He's done like very few interviews. Sports Illustrated obviously is a big outlet. Uh, NFL Network big outlet and and the nfl probably has a little bit of hey please do this uh in that sure. espn same thing i think he d- did something with kirk herb street or he will be doing something with kirk herb street coming up uh, uh that's running this weekend i believe in fact so very few people um have have talked to him uh pre-draft he has not made like this whole circuit that so many do right uh, and go pop in here and there now the super bowl didn't have that this year right the nfl combine didn't have that this year so there were some reasons behind it but the person i equate to right now at least in my mind and we'll see is covering tebow Hmm. and tim tebow like i see a lot of tebow uh in in trevor lawrence in terms of how big he is, how big he's been. Mm-hmm. Tebow was a star for a long time, like before he got to college even. He was big around here. It was a big deal. He was the chosen one, you know, sure. in Sports Illustrated. Trevor Lawrence has had that for a long time. Obviously, they're b- both bound by their faith in, in big ways, yep. and, and that's kind of what guides them. Uh, they They know the spotlight. They're comfortable in the spotlight, but the spotlight doesn't seem to define them. Mm-hmm. And so... I'm talking about the person. Obviously, there are so many people that believe Trevor Lawrence is going to be a way better NFL quarterback Mm -hmm. than Tim Tebow was. But if you think about how big Tim Tebow was the face of college football, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence has been the face of college football. We don't get to cover many of of those folks, right? I mean, we really don't. And so I think uh, the closest I can come to defining how I've covered somebody around here. Uh, that I feel like there's going to be a little bit of this in Trevor Lawrence is is Tebow. And it's not exactly the same, by the way. Don't get me wrong. It's not exactly. There's certainly differences, but there's just not too many people to compare him to. After going to his hometown, after going to Clemson, and then you get things like Dabo who says, hey, in the next decade, he might be a global icon. Like he's going to help change your city. The person he is, not really the football player is. Well, that's exactly how people view Tebow, right? I mean, that's how people talked about Tebow. So, uh, again, off the football field especially, but the outside stuff, that's the only comp I can draw to. I was coming in thinking a little bit about, like, even a Calais Campbell, because mm. I don't think, like, football defines Calais. No. But then if I ask Calais, it'd be like, if he has, like, a chip on his shoulder, I would say, yeah, he does carry that chip, man. He, mm-hmm. There's a little something about, you know, I got picked or I got picked, and I think there is a little bit of that, not in a bad way. So 
I, I just think there are a few athletes, especially at the age of 21, like Trevor Lawrence, oh, yeah. that would come out in, in that kind of article, and that's who he is. And I surely believe that's who he is, by the way, after, after really doing a lot of research on this guy for the last few months. Mm-hmm. Um, it's genuine in that nature. I just don't think you get too many athletes, especially at that age, that we cover that are, are like this. So the difference uh, between Tim Tebow and Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, and, and I don't know Trevor Lawrence either, but I remember – when I was training for the combine, and it was myself and it was Sam Bradford and a couple of other highly noted guys um, coming out of college, and then Tim Tebow came by to kind of scout the location to see if this was going to be the spot that he was going to train. And I've shared this story before, but when he came to see if the spot was going to be good for him, he had like an entourage of like 20 people. Like there was a cameras yes. crew, like there was his family, like it was, you know, literally 20 people coming in the gym, which it wasn't the biggest gym, you know, uh, at the time. Uh, and they're all coming through here. And it's like everyone had a job. It was literally like entourage. I don't get that sense with Trevor Lawrence. I don't get that sense where and I think he understands like how how much influence he could have or or how big of a moment it's going to be when he goes number one. I think he gauges all that. I just don't think that he feels the need to embrace it. Uh, or to use that for, for, for some reason. Not to say Tim Tebow was doing that either, but I think Tim Tebow understood the gravity um, of, of what he brought to college football and then later on to the pros because you saw people that, that traveled with Tim Tebow. With Trevor Lawrence, it's different. And once again, I think that's refreshing. I think that's a pretty cool thing because that's rare, um, especially from the quarterback position being number one overall. If I was going to compare him to somebody, nobody really from the NFL comes out to mind right away. Because once again, if you're talking about the first quarterback taken, there's usually a little bit of an attitude. I mean, I think like Baker Mayfield, right? There's a little bit of a, of a chip on your shoulder. I would compare him to like Mike Trout, where Mike hmm. Trout, even coming out of high, like, I don't know who Mike Trout was coming out of high school. Um, and I still don't know a lot about Mike Trout to this day. I know he's got his own cleats and stuff like that, or his own spikes, I guess if you call him baseball. But besides that, I don't know much about Mike Trout. And that's okay, because Mike Trout is probably the greatest baseball player right now in the MLB. But people wouldn't even realize that. You wouldn't see him on all these interviews. You, you don't see him on social media tweeting up a storm. And that's okay because he's a fantastic baseball player. I think that Trevor Lawrence can take that road, and maybe that's what we get with him. Yeah, that's a great call there. I, I like that. Uh, comfortable, doesn't seek it, the, the spotlight. And, and that's one thing I learned in Cartersville. Like, he does not seek the spotlight, and those folks there are very respectful of that, you know. Uh, he... You know, we've done millions of these stories, and, and by the way, it's not a bad thing. It's not really a seeking of the spotlight, but it's just kind of, hey, this is kind of cool. Let's enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not really cool anymore for Trevor Lawrence even to be the number one pick. I mean, he's been I think, this number one guy since eighth grade. <laughs> so it's just the yeah. coolness is worn off, whether it's college, high school, or now the NFL. That's not really that stands out uh, to him. I, I do say this, too. It's funny you brought that up about Tebow. And, again, just different. I think they are different in that respect. I think Tebow knew he had this huge platform. Mm -hmm. And we're also coming to the early age now of social media. So it's not like 10 years into social media. Mm -hmm. So everybody's kind of like, what is going on here? How are we going to travel through this and navigate this with Tebow, who's like the Beatles, you know, at the time? So I think... I think it's an interesting dynamic just being a decade or so apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think part of – this is my view. I don't know. But I think part of why Tim Tebow probably took the Jets instead of the Jags is it was a bigger platform for what he wanted to do that is bigger than football. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think there was that outreach part of Tebow that said, hey, 
I, I, I can help change more people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't sense that yet, at least from Trevor Lawrence, that he's actively going to try to help change people's lives. I think no, he just kind of subconsciously does it. And I think people around him believe that he will <laughs> do I that. Think, you know what I mean? I think. And once again, I mean, obviously, once he gets more ingrained and gets more comfortable, this could change. But right now where Trevor Lawrence stands, I don't see him parlaying anything from being the, the, the first uh, pick overall for from being the starting quarterback for Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't see him parlaying anything in terms of endorsements, in terms of interviews, in terms of just, you know, fame and all that stuff. I just see him parlaying and saying, hey, I have a chance to go play football. It's the game that I love. It's the game I grew up playing. Um, and let's see what happens. And and that's okay, man. That's different. Uh, that's refreshing. It's just hard to go from the guy that you had with Gardner Minshew, who was always good for a, a quality soundbite, or you know, who would be on these these NFL Network segments and all these things. Yeah. It's hard to go from that now to Trevor Lawrence. But hey, if you're winning football games, I don't think anyone's going to care. Yeah, well, it's it's it is an interesting 180. I mean, even Bortles, right? I mean, Bortles mm-hmm. doing barstool stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yep. and now I just don't think you're going to get that. I, I agree with that. You know, and, and now you got a guy who's married. You mm-hmm. know, who's kind of settled down. Is way beyond his years. You know, uh, it feels like. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, we say all this and we really don't even know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we really don't. I mean, we just I, I've never met met the young man. Mm-hmm. So it's just all these pieces that you're kind of putting together from what you read, from what you hear, from what, who, the, who you talk to. And uh, it's unique. It, it, it is not like many athletes. Uh, and add to that the the unbelievable talent. Mm-hmm. Just this unbelievable talent. I mean, again, you can't get anybody that won't say that. Mm-hmm. And he has been that down. I really like what you said about Mike Trout. He's another guy that I don't really know. He flies under the radar quite a bit. It's not like he'll never do an endorsement. I think Trevor Lawrence will do endorsements, you yeah. know, but it'll but be very picky about him. Yeah, you know? I yeah, I don't think he's actively going to seek that mm-hmm. stuff out. Uh, Trout, amazingly, with all his gifts and talents, is kind of under the radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Trevor would welcome that if he's a little bit under the radar in the NFL. I don't know if he'll have that luxury because it's the NFL shield instead of Major League Baseball. He's not stuck on the West Coast, per se, like Trout has been. And let's be honest, he's the quarterback of a football team. There are a lot of really good players in Major League Baseball, even although we think Mike Trout's the best, there's a lot of other ones to to pick from. Um, And so that's a fascinating watch. And like we started the segment, the more and more you look at Trevor Lawrence, I just don't know if there are many comps to him. If you carry the tool set that he has and the talents that he has with what seems like the persona and the maturity and all the rest um, and what drives him, I, I just don't know if we have many athletes. I'm not saying there are none. There certainly are more like him probably, but to, uh, but there see, are very few. To, and the one that comes to mind, and I literally I'm – I'm trying to scavenge right now through my Rolodex of all professional athletes because I can't find him in the NFL. Found one in the MLB, NHL. I mean, it is what it is. NBA, uh, it's kind of hard. But I would also say, and we've talked about him before on the show from MMA, Khabib. Because the thing about Khabib was that he was never about the cameras, the the the, the glory. He was about mixed martial arts because his dad instilled him at a young age, and the guy goes 29 and 0. And especially in the fight game, but you can kind of compare this a little bit to football as well. When you get wrapped up on social media, and not, I get it, every player is different, and I don't know the, the type of personnel that Trevor Lawrence was bringing to the table, but I feel like when you get wrapped up in social media, when you get wrapped up of you know what the big wigs say, like Stephen A. Smith, like we see right now Kevin Durant, 
going at everybody's neck, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. In terms of what they're saying about He's him. listening. That, He's got rabbit ears. That costs energy. Yeah. Okay? And and you, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how vibrant you are, how energetic you are. You only get so much energy per day, per day to apply to your craft. And I think that when you start losing your energy on, on, on stupid things like, and I'm not saying social media is stupid, but it can be, it can stupid. be stupid. It can be uh, the the fakest world that you can surround yourself with, let's just say. And when you spend a lot of energy on that, I think that takes away from performance on the field. Whether you want to admit it or not, it just does. And I think with Trevor Lawrence, and once again, we'll see how this pans out. We're trying to paint a picture of Trevor Lawrence right now. We don't even know the canvas. But here we are trying to paint a picture of who this guy is. But I just feel like Trevor Lawrence has the understanding of I'm going to spend my energy with football, with my teammates, with my coaches, and then when I get acclimated to that, then maybe some of the fun things can come into play. But right now, I'm going to do what I've always done since I was a kid, and that's just have fun playing football, and I support that. We're talking about Trevor Lawrence in the uh, Sports Illustrated article that came out today. By the way, I did love this. We just talked about this. I just said this. It's one of my favorite quotes, and I'm glad Trevor and I are on the same page. There it is. I share this all the time with the kids. Okay. Okay. I just said this on the show the other day, though. Okay. He says, I want to do it because I want to be the best I can be. I want to maximize my potential. Who wouldn't want to? Mm-hmm. You kind of want wasted if you don't. You know, sure. we just said that. We we're just talking about that conversation the other day, actually, about max, whether you're in work, whether you're in yeah. sports, whether you're in whatever. Yep. So I love I love hearing that from him because then I can just clip that and show the kids. Uh, but mm-hmm. here's a here's another part of of uh, what he says. It's hard to explain that because I want people to know that I'm passionate about what I do and it's really important to me, but I don't have this huge chip on my shoulder that everyone's out to get me and I'm trying to prove everybody wrong. I just don't have that. I can't manufacture that. I don't want to. And sports is built on that, right? I mean, I think a a lot of people's lives are built on that from a competitive standpoint. Who did me wrong? Who doesn't believe in me? Some of it's fabricated, right? I mean, you you talk about a guy like Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. I always thought it was amazing. Jalen where he came from, uh, you know, how he developed such a chip and, and competitive edge uh, that he would just manufacture these things to get himself going. We just saw the documentary on Michael Jordan, though, right, last year. Mm-hmm. Jordan did the same thing, man. Yeah. He, he basically makes something up that you said about him just to get him going, yes. you know. Yes. So people are – that's a, a lot of sports folks, but a lot of people in general are built on that, something to motivate you, get that extra lift in the, in, in the weight well, room, get, yeah. get something else. So it's an interesting – Quote, I haven't heard many athletes say, I don't have a chip on my shoulder, and I'm not trying to manufacture that chip well, on my shoulder. And, and all that tells me, and we're getting super deep right now in sports psychology. I definitely don't have a PhD in that. But to me, what it says is when he doesn't need the outside influences, when he doesn't need a chip on his shoulder, that means that you're self-motivated. You, you, you don't need to draw um, things from what people say to try to motivate you. Because it's one thing, you know, if you're going through the dog days of, of summer and training camp or you're halfway through the season, you've won one game, and then you see what someone says about you. It's like, well, okay, that makes it easy for me to go to work because I want to prove this person wrong. Yeah. And then you start finding ammo, uh, you know, to add to your arsenal, basically, to try to fire shots at people and say, hey, I proved you guys wrong. But some people out there, and there's not a lot of them, but some people out there, they don't need that. It's just, I'm going to try to be the best I can because that's who I am. And that's what Trevor Lawrence is. He's he's self motivated. He he doesn't need the quotes. He he doesn't need the um you know I guess just the what would you I guess the resistance from the outside world. He can do it himself, and that's cool. Here's the last uh, paragraph of the story. All right, and this is cool because you talk you juxtapose that right. Mm-hmm. I don't need a chip, and you you self motivated. You just said it. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the last lines of the story today in Sports Illustrated. Before Lawrence's senior year, King, who was the coach. 
um, at Cartersville High. Brought the quarterback into his office, tried to pry something out of him. Goals, Trevor. You must have goals. Name one goal. As King recalls, quote, he wasn't staring me in the eye or anything. There was probably a hair flip or shoulder shrug when he said it. Lawrence casually told him, Coach, I just want to be the best that's ever done it. They never go. spoke of it again. There you go. <laughs> just matter of fact. Yes. Boom. You know, so if you're wondering if the guy has motivation and all that stuff, uh, no, that's not the moral of the story. Yeah. Uh, it it no, does bring up. Go ahead. I say all this. OK, but if I'm Trevor Lawrence's agent and I see the company that you surround yourself with, because it did a great job of, of showing who his, his wife now is yeah. and his brother is. Yes. And his brother is like the complete 180 oh, yeah. of Trevor totally. Lawrence. I mean, doing great psychedelics palace. and stuff. It's fantastic. But if, if I'm an agent, I'm just saying, hey, this first year, let's just focus on football. <laughs> but you're number two or you're number three. When you get it all figured out, I'm calling the E-Network and we're getting our own reality TV show. <laughs> Yeah, because and I'll be honest, Brent, I'm not in, like the, with all due respect to the E Network unless they want to, you know, a little endorsement money. But uh, I can't stand the E Network, n- n- the Real Housewives, all that crap. I'm, I'm I'm all set, dude. I'm all set. But if there was a reality TV show with Trevor Lawrence, his wife, and Trevor's brother, like living in the garage or something like that, I- I'm all in on that. That's like <laughs> that's like hard knocks. That's like the the Real Housewives of Hard Knocks right there, and, and and I'm all in. Let's go. I love the dynamic of their family. I love mean, it. you couldn't get more further far. Well, yet they're like, really close, well, you know. And his wife seems like the ultimate like alpha. Like she seems like she's like about the business, and Trevor's kind of more laid back. And then his brother is just his brother. It's like, let's go. Yeah, I need a, that. Could be, that could be a good TV show. I don't think they're going to sign up for it. I wish hey, let's they take would. a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. There was one, one more moment on this article because there was something. Something that could scare fans, scare you a little bit. Does it scare you? Uh, and I'm going to ask this uh, it, with some context. Uh, a little bit more Trevor talk on the way, plus some mock draft talk. And guess who's coming on the show today? Daniel Jeremiah, we'll if we'll I see. call him. Yeah, we'll see. Only if I call him. We'll see if he passes the test. <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6 and Austin Lane. And Tony Khan clap back. There you go, Coos. There's a, there's a clap back for you. Clapped. So, it's a, just it's clapped. a gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer name. Oh, I'm using that tonight. Oh, gamer name. Check your boy, Eric, Eric Clapton. Clapton. Oh, I'm so good. Brent Martineau. Yeah. You guys it's just fun. had a moment. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Coos is off to the wedding. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to hit him up today. because You already had to get to him? I already had to get to him. Well, because I forgot to send him my shock your mock for today. Ah. So I had to make sure that was in the system and, and ready to roll. Are you going to have to do that every day? I don't think so, Steven. I might just start sending them to you. Who knows, man? <laughs> I think we'll be all right. Steven's back. Steven is back. For the next few days. Yes. Uh, but uh, it's hard to replace Coos, but Steven did a good job of it. It's pretty easy, actually, because Steven can talk anime with me. He can talk a lot That's of true. it. He, he talked comic books, so we're, I'm ready to roll with Steven. I think uh, I think this is really hard for Coos. Coos does a lot at the station here, okay? Not just on ESPN 690. The ultimate utility player. He really and he kind of keeps things together in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I don't even know all the stuff that he does, okay? It's a lot. So... I think this is very hard. Trust me, been in the business for a while. You can try to turn it off, and it's really hard to turn it off. So what do you? Yeah. We were talking about with the phone stuff last week. Sure. Like, you don't he think he's just going to enjoy the break though and be like, "See you suckers later." Well, I'm I think you chilling. can get there. I hope so. But it takes a little bit to get there. Okay. You know. Yeah. Like today we won't be there. 
Yeah, if you're partying though. Yeah, yeah I don't know, he's driving today. That's good. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. So yeah, I don't know. I I got a feeling Coos would be checking in more often than he should be checking in. Because he's, uh, he's the constant professional. Yeah. We appreciate him. No, I'm not going to lie. We're, we're just still trying to figure out that healthy life balance. Yeah, for sure. Now, if we're being <laughs> honest here, and you know, I love this show very much, and I hold it dear to my heart, but if I'm on vacation, no disrespect to the show, doesn't even cross my mind. I've gotten way better at that. Okay. Way better at yeah. that. Um, overall. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's just like, who you, I mean, do you feel like, all right, you can, it's all good. Yeah, right. After you do it. I mean, I would say a year one, if it went away, I was kind of like probably checking in every day. Sure, sure. Uh, now it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just keep now the, it's just like, don't yeah, burn take, the place down. Take a couple days off. You're good to go, man. But I've gone the road. way better at that. But yeah. I was awful at that. I hated going on vacation. I always say, like, you go, you have to work twice as hard just to get to vacation. Sure. Sometimes in our business. Yeah. Because leaving a vacation was I'm that. sure a lot of people's business are like that, but mm-hmm. you feel like all the way, I, I'd work till three in the morning the day before I went to vacation mm-hmm. just <laughs> to get all the stuff. Just done. to try to. <laughs> Tell yourself that it's worth it. I hear you. I hear you. Do what you got to do. Uh, anyway, hey, let's wrap up on the Trevor Lawrence conversation real quick. The uh, In that article, it's hard not to think of a guy like Andrew Luck, who yeah. also probably is very much like at least Trevor's portrayed to be in terms of comfortable in his own skin. It's not just football that is the only important thing like in, in the world to him, Yeah. Um, even though that's the right thing to say. Uh, he was a little bit different in that sense, too, uh, you know, from afar, at least, uh, when he played for the Indianapolis Colts. And he's now, listen, he had some injuries, mm-hmm. uh, but everybody has injuries in this game. And all of a sudden, he retired. Yeah. And he retired. Now, he played quite a bit. Played a, played a, it's not like he played two seasons and retired. But he retired way earlier than anybody else would ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And so much so that you even think he might be coming back at some point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Did you read that article and any fear of that? Or do you think Jags fans will have that fear of, hey, maybe this guy's so comfortable in what he's done, what he's doing, and at some point we might run into that here. <laughs> that yeah. it, when Trevor's 28 years old and he's had a ton of success, he might be like, you know what, I, I just feel good enough. I don't have to get to Canton, Ohio. Um, uh, you played with a guy that was like Calvin Johnson, right? Sure. Barry sure. Sanders hung it up early. I mean, yeah. guys do that. Players do that. Some of the great players the great do that. The great players do that. I mean, should you be? I'll be honest. I'm not going to worry about it when he's not on the team yet. Um, it doesn't pay to to think like that. If he can even give you, how many years did Andrew look at the Colts? It's a good question. And uh, I feel like it was a while. Was it 18 that he retired? So that would have been 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, seven seasons. But I think he missed like one whole season. Yeah, let me look that up real quick because I mean that that'll be a telling factor. I, am I worried about it? No. Um, but at the same, so he played in. 86, so one, two, three, four, five, only six years. So that's it, yeah. Yeah, six years for Andrew Luck, which is, man, it seems like he played a lot longer in the league than that. Um, is that going to be in the back of my mind with Trevor Lawrence? Maybe. But he said it himself. He he wants to be the best to ever do it. And if you're going to be the best that ever does it, and we know how Dan Marino gets treated sometimes because he didn't win a Super Bowl, you, you got to win the big one. So if we're talking about Trevor Lawrence hoisting the Lombardi Trophy, Glitter and graffiti and everything's falling from the skies. His brother's in the back saying, check us out on the E-Network. And I'm like, I told you they're going to get a show together. I told you. Give me my paycheck right now. If that happens and he decides to walk away after Jacksonville's got a Lombardi trophy, then so be it. But I don't see him taking that road. I think he's going to try to uh, play as Evan Britton or myself or even Julian Edelman said, going to play till the wheels fall off. Yeah, I yeah. I, I think um, – I. 
Bert, first of all, I didn't bring this up to scare you. I just am being honest with you that the Andrew Luck it was even mentioned in there mm-hmm. that it came up with a guy that's that comfortable and football doesn't drive you. Uh, it doesn't mean he doesn't love football, but it, it says, okay, I'm willing to. Uh, I, I and if people, I got out tomorrow, like yeah. it's like, but he was I still competitive. Like, I don't want you to misspeak. Like Andrew Luck was still a hell of a competitor when he was on the field. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm no saying? Like, yeah. Love the game. I mean, when, you can tell the way means. he played the game. Sure, love the game. Yeah. And, and injuries certainly factored in. Mm-hmm. It looked like it took his toll on him. It wore him out toward the end. For sure. And priorities do change. It's like I have a tremendous amount of respect for people that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's your franchise and everything else, I could see why that also would be. I mean, Indianapolis fans might still not be over it. They've been good. They yeah. they probably feel like they're so good. Imagine if Andrew Luck had been a part of them these last couple of years, they, they would have won it all. Right. Let's say. And once again, this is uh, this is all theoretically and I'm not even trying to speak in this existence. But let's say that um, Trevor Lawrence, maybe let's say in the eight or nine years, takes the Andrew Luck route where he's got some left to give, but he decides to walk away from the game. <laughs> let's say that you and I are both doing the same thing, which would be crazy to think about. But let's say we're doing the same thing right now. We're at TIA Bankfield or whatever it's called. And it's preseason games. And we get the word that Trevor Lawrence is going to walk out and we get word before anybody else knows about it. Now, don't worry about me because I'm I, I don't care about the clout, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to ask you. If you found out about it, that he was going to retire, and nobody announced it yet, would you try to break the news, or would you let him do it himself? Because remember that's happened with Andrew Luck yeah. at the preseason, and he kind of rubbed him the wrong way a little bit, because yeah. the plan was to let Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck announce it, word gets out early, and fans are like booing him, essentially, when he's walking out. Yeah, I, I think a, a surprised, um, it, it's so hard for it not to get out now. Yes. You know what I mean? And so you better not tell anybody mm-hmm. if you're going to do that. Um, but I'm saying, would you do it? Would you say it? Or I think it's actually in the, if you have it, if you actually have the story, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's kind of your responsibility to report it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, now Trevor and I can work out, or out over the next six, seven years, depending on how many times he wants to come on the show. But yeah, I, I think, hey, listen, by the way, I'm not this guy that thinks of that stuff anyway. Yeah. I say enjoy the ride, and he and he does too. He's like, I don't think about tomorrow, or I don't think about the down the road. He says it stresses him out thinking him down the road. Just boom, but it, it, you oh, know, Andrew Luck kind of made people drummer. change things. Like, it's such yeah, an interesting did. dynamic because we've seen guys running back position. No, got I mean, it, right? I yeah, mean, you, you Dale Chris, Sayers didn't play for very long. No, you know, for sure. And then you saw guys with like you know, kind of worried about CTE, like Chris Bourne. I reminded yeah. of, of, of oh, yeah, those, those were some abrupt ones. Play for San Fran, like where'd that come from? Yeah. But they were always like you know, with all due respect to him, but it was like the linebacker position. It yeah. was never the quarterback, like one of the best in the league at the time. And that's why Andrew, yeah, Andrew Luck was stunning. Mm-hmm. You know, and so and you have this crazy dynamic right now where we say, well, Tom Brady's pushing the envelope to 43, 44, 45, playing at a high level to the point where if you're in Atlanta, you ask yourself, hey, Matt Ryan, I mean, you might play for another five or six years at a high level. Yeah. Look at what Tom Brady's doing. But then you have this other side of the spectrum. Andrew Luck was like, I've had enough. I mean, mm-hmm. I've played football all my life. I'm now 30 years old and I've had enough. And, and so it's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. But our expectation now goes to. Trevor Lawrence might be around. He's 21 now. He could play for the next 20 years. Look at Tom Brady. Tom yeah. Tom Brady's team chip on his shoulder, right? Did, did, do I have him pegged right? Where Say it's like again. Tom Brady's team chip on his shoulder. Like oh yeah, no he doubt. needs the outside influence a little bit. It. I was thinking about that. I would say yeah. not. I, I would say yes. I'd say a lot of it's self-driven. I mean, going, going over like six, in the sixth round. But if you go sixth well. round, you're yeah. 199th pick. I think yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that to start it. Mm-hmm. I think now he feels he's a little of both. Mm-hmm. I think he was that way. That's what's interesting about Lawrence saying that at 21. Mm-hmm. I think every kid that's coming out is kind of like that. 
right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Maurice Jones-Drew built a career off that, wore the number because of that. Correct. You know? And so, again, it's not wrong to have a chip on your shoulder. And then I think Brady is a little bit – he seems way more comfortable and in, in kind of who he is and now self-driven to say, I want to go to 45. But don't you think he's driven by people saying, I can't – you can't go to 45. You're old, man. Not You're for getting sure. old. So there's definitely outside influences on the, the Brady front. Uh, we got – is South Beach Gary on the line? Okay, he's gone. All right, he's Dad. Gone. So we'll uh, uh, we'll well maybe visit with South Beach Gary a little bit later. Uh, I, I'm not going to get to the mock draft yet, just yet. Uh, there's a seven round mock draft. We'll do that um, in a bit, and also these off season uh, workouts. Do you? There's word now that the Patriots have told Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. That's Bill Belichick, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's the Patriot way. Yes. That. They might not go. I don't know if there's anything official on that. I think I saw some scuttlebutt on, on social media. But it just begs, how Whoa. many teams are going to do this? I mean, Seattle and Denver, uh, maybe more teams have done it. Yeah. Uh, but how many teams are going to say, hey, we're opting out? So, you know, it, it's weird because, like, even with the Patriots last year, remember how many players opted out for COVID-19? Uh, that true. was kind of like surprising. eight or nine. I think they yeah, had most yeah. in the league. Yeah, for sure. But, and with all due respect to Urban Meyer here, but if any, t- to me, if any coach was going to be disappointed that his team was opting out and not choosing to come to OTAs and all this stuff, it would have to be Bill Belichick, would it not? Like, you just get this sense where it's like, hey, guys, we underachieved last year, got a lot of new faces, let's get in here, and then let's get on the same page. Like, I, I feel like Bill Belichick would be kicking, you know, uh, at, you know, down the door to say, we got to have these OTAs, we got to have these spring ball practices. And if the Patriots are going to agree with it and say, we're not going to do that, well, then I feel like every other team in the NFL is going to fall in line. Yeah, well, that's going to be interesting. Uh, here's the deal. Summary of the offseason program is this. Nine weeks in length, this is according to the NFL. Uh, voluntary except for one mandatory minicamp. Mm. Uh, that's where you can get fined. Uh, first phase is four weeks, April 19th to May 14th. Virtual meetings, two hours per day at club's direction. No on-field drills or work with coaches. Facility and weight room capacity limits remain in place. Clubs will make every effort to have the vaccine available for players. Second phase, 17th to the 21st, like a week. Mm-hmm. Virtual meetings, on-field drills with coaches per CBA rules. Mm-hmm. So that first one is really in the weight room and and, and meeting rooms and, and everything else. Uh, third phase is four weeks, basically the end of May to June 18th. OTAs, 10 of them, full speed but no contact, in-person virtual meetings, includes a mandatory minicamp. And uh, that's about sums it up. So some players, obviously, and some teams are opting out of that. Now they'll have to show up for the mandatory minicamp. What I also wonder is if teams don't go to that, will coaches in their own little subtle way kind of punish them in training camp with a punishing training camp, sure. you know, to make sure they're ready to go for the season. There's a lot of things. I, I'm interested to see how many teams do this. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Will the CBA, will the NFLPA, excuse me, uh, fall in line? Mm-hmm. Will they all be on the same page? Or is this really situational, circumstantial? And places like Seattle, you feel okay about doing it. Tampa, it makes some sense. Jacksonville, young team, new coach. Are you afraid to go up to Urban Meyer and be yeah. like, Coach, uh, we're going to opt out uh, as you shake your way up there? It's a rough one. <laughs> take away hey, take away that chicken cordon bleu and all like the, the T-bone steaks in the, in the cafeteria. We're taking away the, the exclusive hot tubs now, and we're going back to the old days. Troughs for everybody. We'll see if uh, Daniel Jeremiah is willing to answer my phone call. <laughs> NFL Network Analyst coming up next. We'll ask him about this. Uh, I'll be sure. interested to get his thoughts, see if the whole league will do it. Plus uh, some talk about Trevor and the rest of the draft. Daniel Jeremiah up next on ESPN 690.
this upset in a long time? Really ruined the whole dynamic of the show, actually. Ruined the whole show last week. Ruined your whole attitude. I had worked with a nice fella, Andrew, from the NFL Network for the last couple months. Mm -hmm. Trying to get Daniel Jeremiah on the show. Mm -hmm. And last week, I blew it. Yeah, you did. I was supposed to call. We were supposed to call. And uh, don't, don't say we. You were supposed to call. Uh, don't, well, don't bring I can't, me into I can't it. Though, huh? call. That's why I say okay. We, but, but don't bring yeah. me into it though, because <laughs> right? Because it wasn't really my fault <laughs> at all. Not, you're not Didn't my fault. Guy, yeah, I'm a not you my sound fault. Like my kids. Okay, I'm just saying, man. <laughs> let's let's point the blame in the right direction. Uh, right. Fair now. enough. I took okay. the blame. I, Thank I you. Screwed up the show last week. Thank you. And Andrew was kind enough, and Daniel Jeremiah was kind enough to still come back this week and not ban me from their Rolodex. Yes. If Rolodex is still exists. I doubt it. No. Uh, Brent Martineau, former Jags player, Austin Lane. It's Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690. And Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network joins us right now. Daniel, we appreciate you taking some time. Sorry about last week. Hey, I got to be honest with you guys. This was uh, this is one of the few times that it wasn't my screw-up. I thought for sure, I'm like, I have messed something up, and it's got to be 100% on me. So I was actually relieved and pleased to know that uh, – that, that I didn't have a screw-up on this one, and it was really no big deal. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, I appreciate you, and I know you're a busy guy and uh, a lot of work uh, to get into. But you just heard Austin Lane, former Jags player, in the scouting process, if, if you had met a not-my-fault guy, I mean, that would have been a big <laughs> mark against him, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know what's funny is I was just talking to uh, I was just talking to a personnel buddy the other day, the director of player personnel, and uh, and we were talking about his visit with a quarterback. And I don't even think he wasn't even a top-tier guy, but just a quarterback in this draft. And he was like, I've never seen anything like it. Like, cause with the Zooms now, they get these kids on there for darn near an hour, right? And and they're just going over film. And so the, the NFL teams will put together cut-ups. And usually there's there's some good cut-ups and showing what your you know read was, what you see, why'd you do what you did, blah blah blah. And then they'll always you know take a handful of bad plays and uh, and put it on there and just kind of hear them explain it away. He's like, this guy, I mean, it was the center's fault on the first play. The receiver ran the wrong route on the second play. The play call was terrible on the third play. He was like, he, by the time we finished the reel, he had blamed everybody in the whole organization and not taking accountability for any single mistake. He said it was the darnest thing I'd ever seen. Daniel, you know, when we talk about not having the combine this year, you know, and I, I was there back in 2010, and, and I was underneath yeah. those bright lights with Jack Del Rio and the entire Jaguars organization beating me down with questions, I thought I was going to puke. <laughs> But now we, we don't have the combine to go off of. What you have is Zoom. Yeah. And we've all been on Zoom conversations before. Is there a feeling from scouts and GMs where, okay, you can ask him the questions, you can put him on the board, but do you truly get a feel for what type of person you're going to be getting if you do indeed draft him via these Zoom meetings now? Yeah, you know what? They're getting more comfortable with it. I, I think there was a lot of apprehension for kind of the obvious reasons. Um, and is this not going to be the same? I'm not in the room. I can't you look look you eye to eye. I can't see what kind of presence you have, confidence, all those things. Um, but in talking to him more, because it, it's not just limited to the one visit, you know, maybe you you would have the uh, you know you'd have the, the combine 15 minutes, and then maybe you get you fly them in, which you're limited on that on the 30 visits, so they come to the facility, spend a day with you, and then that was kind of it. You know, maybe see them at the pro day, have breakfast with them if you if you could pull that off. But now you're talking about these guys having multiple Zoom meetings. I mean, a bunch of them, and then they record them. So if I'm if I'm the uh, coordinator um, and I can't I can't Zoom all these guys at one time, but my position coach can do a Zoom with him one week. I can then watch that, see kind of okay, well this brought this question to my mind. Then I Zoom with the kid the next week and we fill in the gaps. So um, I, I think it's actually turned out to be a pretty good thing that teams are getting more comfortable with. 
Daniel Jeremiah with us from the NFL Network. Follow him at Move the Sticks on Twitter. And, of course, all of the NFL work Network coverage coming up uh, in Cleveland, April 29th through May 1st. Brent Martin along with Austin Lane, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Well, this one's simple. Daniel, it's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you haven't had to budge that for a long, long time. Uh, give us your scouting perspective. Is it as good as everybody else believes Trevor Lawrence can be and will be? Yeah, I mean, it's. I'd love to be a contrarian and tell you that you know, I'm the one person that's kind of figured this whole thing out and that everybody else is wrong. Well, you know, he's, he's really cute, man. He's um, Everything that you want in terms of the skill set that he has, Everything you want in terms of the intangibles, you know, if you want to use the face of the franchise cliche or what have you, he's had all that on his shoulders. I was talking with Dabo this morning and said, you know, look, this guy went from, you know, having the pressure on him to be the, you know, the, the high school starter as a freshman to, to, to the pressure of performing as an All-American, coming into Clemson and the pressure that he needs to beat out these guys when they're not losing any games and then he's got to win a national championship. I mean, just he's, he's delivering. Time and time and time again. So uh, he, it doesn't bother him. He's very even keel. And uh, the skill set, I mean, it's not hard to figure that out. He's pretty darn talented. Yeah, he checks all the boxes. I don't scout quarterbacks, but I guess the one curiosity I have, and I asked Dabble this earlier in the week as well, you got Urban Meyer who doesn't lose. You have Trevor Lawrence yeah. who doesn't lose. They are going to lose. And I'm, I'm not trying – they understand that. I get it. But would yeah. you be curious as a scout, as a GM, as a coach, of how this kid will respond during, say, a three-game losing streak in an NFL season? Well, I think we had a good litmus test last year, right? I mean, Joe Burrow was somebody who did not lose his, his last year there at LSU. And didn't lose much in his life, and he was miserable, which is exactly what I'd want from my from my quarterback uh, when you're not playing well as a team, um, and kind of drives him, and, and I think drives through him everybody else to you know try and step it up a little bit and to work harder. I, I don't, you know, I'd worry about a guy if you lose and you go into the tank. Um, to me, I think Joe Burrow was a great example of you you lost and it kind of ticked him off. You know, I think that ends up being a good thing. Daniel, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the biggest story here in Jacksonville. But I'm also selfish, and for me personally, it'll be it'll be one A. But 1B is what I need to happen at the third pick of the draft, and that's with the San Francisco 49ers. Because since this past, really this past April, I've said that, mark my words, Trey Lance going to San Francisco. Then all of a sudden they trade up a little bit, give up some draft capital. It's like, okay, the, the the whole Trey Lance experiment could be in full effect. But I hear Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Where do you stand on this right now? Are they going Mac Jones? Are they going Justin Fields, Trey Lance? What is your gut telling you right now? Or what are your sources telling you? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you I'll give you three answers to one question. So <laughs> here's the three answers. In terms of everybody that you talk to and that's that's close with Kyle and, and what do you expect, everything that I hear is Mac Jones, that that's that he just really likes Mac Jones. The decision wasn't final, but that's where everything was kind of pointing. And uh, he's a heavy favorite. The second part of that is what would I do in that situation? I'd take Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just would. I, I, I really love that kid. Now, he's got some – you know, he's not a pinpoint accurate. There's some things he can improve on mechanically, I think, that'll help him there. But in terms of his ability level, I visited with him. He's an impressive kid. I mean, he is really sharp. Um, he, he protects the football. Um, he, he helps you expand the playbook with some of the design quarterback run game stuff that he can do. So I'm a Trey Lance guy. Um, so that's what I would do. And the third answer I would give you was, 
I'd be great to me if they took Justin Fields. I'd be okay with that as well. Uh, I think he's he's not he's not finished yet either as a product, but man, there's so much to work with. So I would have those two options personally over Mac Jones. But uh, you know everything that you hear is that uh, you know Kyle just loves the way that kid plays the game and fits what he does. So at the end of the day, it's it's what Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch are comfortable with and who fits them best. And um, I think we'll just have to wait and see how it all goes down. Daniel Jeremiah with us for a couple more I minutes. Love how we're on the same page. Yeah, with we, Trey we Lance. believe Trey Lance. I need a W so bad right, <laughs> on the show. <laughs> I need a dub, man. <laughs> you do. Uh, so well, I mean, this year, this year, it's like, come on, it's. We know we know one and two. We feel good about that. Yes. After that, I mean, buy a dartboard. I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, it certainly feels that way. Mac Jones, by the way, what a story. He's from Jacksonville and unbelievable. Uh, covering Great high kid. school, covering high school football, man, around here. His junior season, I don't even think we paid much attention to him. And all of a sudden, <laughs> bam, Alabama. Yeah. And now look, yeah. third overall pick potentially. What a well, great sports is, story. Is- but isn't this what's – this is what – I was talking to Jim Nagy about this who runs the Senior Bowl yesterday. We were talking on the phone. I said, no, this is what just kind of bugs me about this this process is it's it's shaped publicly. And I think a lot of it's just some of the vitriol that exists on the Twitter platform. But you, you, it's impossible to like more than one guy. You know, if you like one player, it automatically means you hate the other player. It's like, no, it doesn't. I mean, would I take Mac Jones with a third overall pick? No, but – He's a great kid. He's a he's a good player. I think he'll be a solid starting quarterback in the NFL. I I hope he does great. If he does go third, I hope that the, it works out. He has an amazing career. But I just feel like we've, we've kind of framed this stuff. It's like, you hate this guy, you love that guy. Like, nah, it's not really how it works. Let's uh, wrap up with you here. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network. Uh, I, I was going to ask you a little bit, Kyle Pitts, but we know everybody loves Kyle Pitts. I want to really yeah. get to the Jags. They have this bunch of picks in 25, 33, and 45. You're sitting in the room. How much are you balancing, hey, we think this guy's going to fall to 33. We don't need to take him here. They could go a variety of positions. Can you can you take us in a room of how you would think with that kind of capital between 25 and 45? Yeah, and you've got an opportunity to move around within there. So um, they're going to be in a great spot, in a real kind of a sweet spot of this draft um, at some key positions. You really look at if you wanted to continue to – to add depth to that offensive line, you can do that with some quality players in that mix. You look at safety, linebacker, um, there, there's good options there. Um, so to me, it co- does come down to the packages where you say, okay, if we get, we can, we, we need a, you know, say we really need a corner, we want to get a corner, let's just look at our staff. We've got three or four of them. Even though this guy might be our highest rated player, one of these other three or four guys is going to be there with this next pick, which isn't far away. That can inform a lot of the decisions. While we say take the best player on your board, I think they can be a little bit calculated about that and see where there's some pockets of depth, and that'll inform which which one they should take first. Daniel Jeremiah, we appreciate jumping back in a week later. Sorry about last week. And just think about this. Seven to eight GM jobs were open this year, and I think all those teams maybe wanted Daniel Jeremiah, at least the fan bases wanted Daniel Jeremiah to be like their next GM. But you get to be like 32 GMs when you do well, this. I, I, just, I, I tell all my buddies that hold that job, uh, some of it, some of them refer to that as blood money, by the way. Uh, and I said, I said, I, I tell them, look, you know, when, once the draft is over, and I, I've been in the personnel department where you are, you don't sleep until that first rookie minicamp because you're scared to death these guys you picked are going to show up on the field for your first rookie minicamp and look terrible. Uh, it, it's an awful feeling. I said, I'm going on vacation after the draft. You guys enjoy the heck out of that. <laughs> well, you have earned it by that point. Thanks for taking some time. I know Jacksonville uh, fans enjoyed it as well. Have a good one, man. 
All right, guys. Appreciate you. Talk soon. All right. That's Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network. Uh, make sure you check out at Move the Sticks on Twitter. Uh, you can also see Daniel on NFL Network's live coverage coming up from Cleveland, April 29th through May 1st. He is really a good dude. I see him at the Combine, Super Bowls. Everybody's asking for a couple minutes. He's always kind enough to, to stop by and kind enough to call us back uh, this week after I messed it up a week ago. Yep. Pretty good perspective. Yeah. Um, I got a feeling you would have put Kyle Pitts in the Hall of Fame, too. I know he's really high on his board. As he should be. I think he's like number two on, on okay. DJ's board. He does like should a top be. 50. He should be. Uh, so. All right, we'll take a break. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. More football talk on the way. Plus, uh, have you ever heard of Alex Rodriguez? That, too. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 